0: be with you this morning here at smoke rise Uh, not my first time to be here Uh, first time to preach in this building but uh, many years ago I had preached over in the other building been here uh, many times for many different uh, events and Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and youth camps back in the day some of you breaking freeze back in the day some of you parents now we remember some of those way back I see some heads shaking Uh, so good to see you guys Uh, also I've got to meet some of you this morning. Uh, I really appreciate it when you do this. That listen to my radio show, that's on uh, on the weekdays. So if you do listen to our my radio show, even if I don't know you, please come and let me know. Uh, that is uh, really an encouragement to me to be able to meet you. Uh, Toby's away today, and uh, he has uh, been at our church and preached within the last year or so, and God really used him in a great way when he came to our church and preached. And you know, it's like this. Sometimes when you got a good thing, you got to share a little bit. You know what I mean? you guys have a great pastor who i've known for a long time in fact uh toby was um i was a youth pastor at glenwood baptist church and um i was there uh, for about a year and a half and uh, toby that's where his family went to church and alicia's family went to church and uh i was able to talk toby into teaching middle school boys sunday school for me and uh he he agreed to do that and uh i mean the youth group exploded and uh, we baptized so many teenagers that year it was just wonderful and um it was that uh, then I, I left and went on staff with First Priority Ministry in the uh, in the schools the in the public schools. And uh, when I left, they said, "Well, what do we need to do in that you're leaving?" I said, "Get Toby to be the youth minister if he'll do it," and he did and stayed there for a long time until he came here as your pastor. And so uh, we go way back uh, with their family and everything, and Rich and Jennifer as well. So uh, so good to be with you guys this morning. Always a privilege. Uh, when I can go out and share God's word. And I uh, hope you have your Bible with you this morning. If you do, take it, turn to John chapter 10 and verse 10. This is one of those verses that, if you don't know it, you need to. If you don't have it marked in your Bible or memorized or noted your, uh, on your cell phone or your pad, you certainly should. As this morning, we're going to talk about life more abundant. Life more abundant. Um, a few years ago, I saw this, uh, uh, well, I saw a video from a few years ago. Uh, where 60 Minutes, the television show, was interviewing a guy by the name of Tom Brady. Y'all know Tom Brady. He's a quarterback for the New England Patriots, uh, one of the best of all time. And uh, he was doing a 60-minute interview, and uh, it's uh, on, on YouTube. You can go back and watch it if you'd like to. I found it pretty compelling what, he, uh, what was said on this. Uh, at the time that this was done, Tom Brady was 28 years old. He had won three Super Bowls as a starting quarterback, He had just signed a $60 million contract. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? He also, at this time, had fathered a child out of wedlock, was married to a different woman, and uh, 60 Minutes did a sit-down with him. And during the interview on 60 Minutes, I felt like this was the most compelling part. Tom Brady says this. He says, why do I have three Super Bowls, three Super Bowl rings, And still feel like there has to be something greater out there for me. Now, here's a guy who's at the pinnacle of his career. Has all the money he could ever spend. Uh, He uh, has got notoriety worldwide. I mean, this was before the deflated footballs, you know what I mean? Now everybody. But, you know, he was still a big deal even then. People know who he is. Uh, He's one of the most handsome men. He was an eligible bachelor In the country, you know, as they rate those things back before he was married. And he says, I've got three Super Bowl rings, and I still feel like there has to be something greater out there for me. And then he said this He said, I think to God, see, he brought the God thing into it, not me. He says, I think to God, there has to be more than this. Have you ever felt like that before? Maybe life's going okay, but then you feel like there's got to be more to life than this maybe you felt like that before well the guy interviewing him on 60 minutes i forget that guy's name he says when he says i think to god there has to be more than this the man doing the interview says well tom what's the answer and tom brady replied i wish i knew i just wish i knew that was his question i think to god there's got to be more to life than this well what's the answer i wish i knew i wish i knew Well, I wish Tom Brady was here today, because we're going to share what the answer is. The answer is Jesus. The answer is the abundant life, amen? It really is. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, because with everything he had accomplished and everything he had done, he knew there had to be more to life. Have you ever thought about that before? There has to be more to life than this? Have you ever had this thought, that there has to be more to life than life? You ever thought that? There has to be more to life than life. Well, Jesus would say, some, do, say and do some pretty amazing things when he was on earth. Can you imagine what it would have been like to follow Jesus around when he was here on planet earth? Now, it's pretty cool and pretty exciting and pretty adventurous to follow Jesus even now. But can you imagine having physically followed him around when he was here on earth? Can you imagine that? And lots of people did follow Jesus around. I mean, there were times when he would thin out the crowds. He would leave and get away from the crowds. He would travel, you know, like on the Sea of Galilee, and he would travel to the other side by boat just to get away from the crowds. And I'm traveling to Israel this week. You guys pray for us. Uh, Forty-five of us going, many of our radio listeners are going this week to Israel. We're leaving Tuesday morning, and uh, we'll be there at the Sea of Galilee where many of these things happen. But Jesus would thin out the crowds because so many people would follow him. But not not all people follow Jesus for the right reasons or the right motives can you imagine following jesus around back in that day when he was here on earth i mean he did some pretty amazing things jesus would come across a blind person he'd touch them they'd be able to hear he'd come across a deaf person he'd touch them they'd be able to see just want to make sure you're listening everybody with me all right it's all right to laugh we're okay all right i know y'all used to laugh and toby's your pastor my goodness jesus did some pretty amazing things and people would follow him around to see those things But then Jesus also said some pretty amazing things. Things that flipped their worldview completely upside down and gave them a whole new perspective on the way they saw the world around them and the way they saw life. And one of those instances is right here in John chapter 10. Jesus is teaching about the true shepherd. He says, I am the door to the sheepfold. He says, I am the good shepherd. And right in the middle of all this, he makes this astounding uh, statement in verse 10, John 10. And verse 10, let's read it. He says there to them, he says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's the work of Satan. But he says, I have come I have come that they may have life. There's that thing, life. And that they may have it more abundantly. Can you say more abundant with me? More abundant. That's what we're after. The more abundant life. The more abundant life. Have you ever thought there's got to be more to life than just life? Because these people were living life, but then Jesus says there's another life that I've come to give. There's this more abundant life that I've come to give you. So what is it about this more abundant life that is so amazing? What is it about this more abundant life that is there for us to live, that there's more to life than just life? Well, I'm going to give you three quick things this morning. I'm going to be very brief, all right? We're going to get out quick you'll listen good i'll preach quick all right the more abundant life here it is there's three things quickly this morning the more abundant life i hope you'll write this down is a supernatural life it's a supernatural life because jesus made this statement he said i have come that you might have life and have it more abundant see the one making the statement tells us this is a super abundant life think about it because of the one saying this jesus was god That means he's talking about a life that they had not known of. He was God, and this is the kind of life that he would promise. Not a life that was made by man, but a life that was made by God, given by God. That's the kind of life that he's talking about. This is the kind of life that God would have you to live, a supernatural life. We live in the natural. But he says you can have a supernatural life. This is the life that I have come to give you. Now you think about the great philosophical questions of all time. Where did I come from? Where did everything around me come from? What is the purpose of life? What's the meaning of life? What happens after we die? Think about all the great questions that there are about life and eternity. All the great philosophers. Well Jesus wraps it up right here and he says there's life and there's life more abundant. Jesus is telling them that there's a difference in living and existing. How many of you know people that exist but they don't live? Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you're there today. Maybe you're existing, but you're not living. People are like that. You know, people today, it's like we're just walking around like, like uh, robots or like zombies or something like that. You know, I just see people, and they're just they're getting in their car. They're driving the same thing every day. They're going to the same place, sitting in the same place, working the same job, going to the same school, the same classroom. We're just, uh, just going around. You know, pe- people are just like zombies, and they're just walking around like this is just what life is. It's just existence. Back at spring break me and my family, we were in Tampa, and I had to go to the mall uh, for something, for somebody that we were down there with, and we wound up eating, you know, lunch while we were there at the mall, and uh, when I walked in, one of the first things I noticed was they had this big, like the biggest Starbucks I've ever seen in a mall. Now, I don't even drink coffee, all right, so it means nothing to me, Starbucks. I don't even drink coffee at all, but all I noticed, man, was this in this uppity part of Tampa was all these folks lined up to get their Starbucks coffee and all around the mall people are just walking around like this I don't even think I know where they're going man they're just walking around in stores out of stores just walking around like this I don't even drink coffee but I felt so left out I just started walking you know they had a cup in their hand I just started walking around without a cup just like this around the mall just going yep here I am I just want to fit in with everybody else and just exist my kids 14 uh, 15 and 13 thought that was real cool their dad walking around Just like this, with no cup in my hand. But anyway, uh, you know, people don't, we're just mundane, just walking through life without any purpose in life. And Jesus said, I've come that you can have this supernatural life. There's a difference in existing and living. There's a difference. And most people are not living today. They're only existing. The great theologian, William Wallace. How many of you know him from Braveheart? Come on now, y'all with me? From Braveheart. We got any Braveheart men in the room. Thank you very much. The great theologian, William Wallace, said this, every man dies, but what? Not every man lives. Maybe we've known people who died, but they had never lived. Jesus says there's life, and there's life more abundant, that there's a supernatural life. Now, in English, we have the word life, and we use it a lot of different ways. All right, now, in fact, I've been using the word itself this morning in many different contexts and throwing it out there a lot of different ways. Life, 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 life. And you could probably even become confused because I've used the word life in so many different ways this morning. But in the Greek that we translate this word from into our Bibles, you know, Jesus never spoke English, okay? We have our Bible translated. And so in the Greek, they had different words for this word life. Different words. Let me share a couple of them with you because I think it will give you a better understanding of what Jesus is saying here. They had, a, they had a word named bios. It's where we get our word biology. It refers to the duration of someone's life or to the, to the physical uh, existence of someone, to one's lifespan, from when they were born and when they die. It refers to the, also to the necessities of life, one's food, shelter, clothing. It also is used in the existence of animals Think of it much like our word, biology. This is a word that they would use that we could translate life. It's one word, but that's not the word that Jesus used here. There's also another word named psyche, and uh, it's a word where we get our word, guess what? Psychology, right? Well, that word here refers to the soul. Uh, It's the psychological life of the human soul. There's probably even psychology majors in the room today. This word referred to the mind, the emotion, and the will. It was one's psychological life. So it's like the physical, physical life, the, the psychological life in our terms. And then there's this other word. That's not the word Jesus used. He didn't use bios or psyche. He used this word zoe, Z-O-E. Now, you never heard of that word, probably, have you? Maybe some. Zoe. This word refers to a qualitative life. It also refers to an inward spiritual life. Life, an inward spiritual meaning in life. It's it, it's this part of life that we don't normally that we don't just address in the physical or in the mental. It has to do with the spiritual qualitative nature of someone's life, and this is the word that Jesus used in this passage. And so, in other words, when Jesus would say to his disciples, "I have come that you might have life, and I have come that you might have it more abundant." they knew what he meant it it gave them a whole new way of looking at this and they were able to quickly understand that jesus was saying there's more to life than just life there's more to it there's a spiritual inward part it's the supernatural part of life someone has said that man's greatest challenge is not adding years bios to his life but in adding life Zoe to his years. Now think about it. Let me say it again. Man's greatest challenge is not adding years to his life, but adding life to his years. To truly live. And to live this life that is supernatural. But too many of us live our lives in the natural. It's been said like this. Many of us, many, even people who say call ourselves Christians and would come to church on a Sunday morning instead of being at the lake with everybody else or on vacation today, we live our life as a practical atheist. Yeah, we say we believe in God. We say that we follow Jesus. But when it comes to practical, everyday decisions about where we go, how we behave, what we do with our money, how, how we carry ourselves out at work, uh, all of these issues of life, we live like practical atheists. We don't live any different than the people around us who would say they don't believe in God or don't follow Jesus. We, don't, we live in the natural And Jesus says, this more abundant life is a life that's not natural. He said, it's a life that's supernatural. Let me ask you today, have you ever allowed Jesus to add his super to your natural and put it together and lived a supernatural life? That's what he's talking about. He's talking about this zoe life, this inward spiritual meaning of life. And Jesus is the one who lets us know that there's more to living than just existing there's more to living than just walking around and going through the routine every day and just trying to survive another day. Jesus didn't come just so that we could have life forever. He did because he talked about that many other times. But he didn't come just so that we could have life forever. Jesus came so that we could have life right now. So that we can have life now. This more abundant, supernatural life. We can live right now the abundant life. It is a supernatural life. You can't live it in the natural. It's a supernatural life. Are you all with me? Are you with me? Shake your head if you're with me. All right? It's a supernatural life. Second, this morning, it's also a satisfied life. The abundant life is a satisfied life. And here's why I say this. Here's why I say this. Jesus claims that he came that men might have life and have it more abundantly, right? Well, the fact that Jesus was making this claim to to his disciples... And that they were there to hear this lets us know that this was true. Because they could have left him at any point. But guess what? They didn't leave because they were satisfied. They were satisfied. Jesus has given this this, uh, verse, this passage. It's in the context of him talking about being the great shepherd. And a great shepherd guides and provides for his flock. And Jesus says, I am the great shepherd. He guided them. And where he guided them, he provided for them. See, we find out that they never went without. They weren't going without. They were there with him to hear this. They could have walked away, but they didn't. Why didn't they walk away? Because they were satisfied. You see, the Greek phrase used here for life more abundant, this more abundant, it means to have a super abundance of something, a super abundance. It means to have more than enough and then some more on top of that. To be a follower of Jesus, to know who he is and know what it means, it means to have a super abundance of life. I mean, Christians, people who follow Jesus, people who have an abundant life, listen to me, we are living more and have more life in us than anybody in the world should. Absolutely, we should enjoy life and have more life than anyone. This term, more abundant, it's a mathematical term. And it means to have more than enough. It's mathematical. It's mathematical. It's an equation. And it says, look, when you add it all up, you're going to have more than enough. Now, he's not talking about here having uh, lots of possessions because the disciples who followed him, who he's speaking to here, they didn't have lots of possessions. They didn't have a big IRA. They didn't have a health care plan. They didn't have, you know, a a, a nice second home somewhere. They didn't have a big savings account. They didn't have all that. They were satisfied right where they were, though. In fact, Jesus never promised that if we followed him and if we lived this abundant life that we would have a lot of stuff. Never said that. In fact, when Jesus called the disciples, he called them to do what? To leave all of that. When they when they left him, he said, come follow me and leave everything. And that's what they did. And some of them were fishermen and they were they were meager existence. But some of them, like Peter, were tax collectors and were well off and jesus called them to leave and walk away from all of that to follow him and they were there they were satisfied he didn't promise them comfort he didn't promise them a lack of problems or always a healthy life physical life he didn't promise them all that he called them to walk away from all that and to simply trust him and to be satisfied in him but we think well if i had this or if i had that if i just You know, can can attain this, or if I could just get this job, or if I could just have this, or if I could just, if I can get to school and have this degree, if I can just do all this, then I will be complete. Now, a lot of you have lived that, and you have found it doesn't satisfy, does it? It doesn't satisfy. It's the supernatural, abundant life that is really satisfaction, and you can go searching everywhere else, and you won't find that satisfaction you won't find it in the world. You won't find it in the natural. People look for it all over the place. You won't find it in a pill. You won't find it in a high. You won't find it in a drug. As a matter of fact, what happens when people start pills, drinking, drugs? What what happens? You got to have more of it, right? It doesn't satisfy. What was good yesterday, you got to have more tomorrow, and you got to have more the next day. And nobody plans on that. It starts very simple, but then where does it lead? It leads to somewhere that absolutely doesn't satisfy. In fact, it wrecks your life. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Those things don't satisfy. Listen, people are looking for their satisfaction now in sexuality. They're thinking, well, I, you know, I, I, I've, I've tried this out and it doesn't work, so now I'm going to try this other lifestyle. People say, well, I tried out you know, this, this sex. And now I'm going to try out the other sex. I'm, I'm a male, but I'm not finding any satisfaction. And so now I'm going to go try to be a female. I hurt for those people. I mean, we're so confused, we don't even know what bathroom to go to anymore, folks. Looking for satisfaction. Looking for something that will fill this void in our life. But listen, it's the abundant life of Jesus that fills our life. He is a God of abundance. He's a God of plenty. God just didn't make a single drop of water. Guess what? He made oceans of water. God just didn't create one star. What did he do? He made galaxies. He's a God of abundance. God just didn't make a single kind of bird. He created thousands of kinds of birds, for example. God just didn't make a hill. He made the Rocky Mountains. God just didn't make a sun. He made the sun sets and the sun rises. See, God gives us plenty. He exceeds all expectations. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine, Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. In this abundant life, it's a satisfied life. If you're out there searching for satisfaction somewhere else, or maybe you can identify this in someone else's life, listen, you'll always be searching for more. Maybe you heard about the little boy who went to Sunday school, and he got in the car to go home, and his mom said, what did you learn today in Sunday school? And he said, I learned the 23rd Psalm. And she said, oh, great. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He said, no, Mama, that's not right. The Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I want. And I'll tell you what, he's correct in that. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. And that's the exact context he gives this verse to us today, is that he is the great shepherd. And when you find the great shepherd, that's all you want. In fact, you'll only be satisfied with him. You won't be satisfied with any other person or any other thing or any other Outside force, it is Jesus who will satisfy your life. You'll only be satisfied with him. In the book of John, it's amazing. Read read the book of John. Because in the book, he gives these I am statements. And we get a couple of them right here in John chapter 10. But it tells us about how he satisfies us, who he is. Jesus said in John chapter 6, he said, I am the bread of life. Guess what? He will spiritually sustain you just as bread would would physically have sustained them. In John chapter 8, he says, I am the light of the world. Through him, we gain spiritual understanding, and we gain wisdom for living. He says, I am the light of the world. In John chapter 10 and verse 9, right before this verse, he says, I am the door. And that he's given us free and unlimited access to his kingdom. In John chapter 10 and verse 11, the verse right after our verse today, he says, I am the good shepherd. He guides and provides for his flock. In John chapter 11, he said, I am the resurrection and the the life. And so uh, he has guaranteed us eternal life with God. We don't have to fear death because he is the resurrection and he is the life. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, he he gives us the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only remedy that God has provided for man's sin problem. He is the only way to eternal life. In John chapter 15... Jesus says, I am the true vine, and without him, you can do nothing of any value, spiritual value in particular. You can do nothing. Jesus is the one who satisfies. He will satisfy you fully when you find him. He'll exceed all of your expectations with his excellence because he is God. Listen, folks, there's no boundaries to his blessings. There's no fences that withhold his faithfulness. There's no lines drawn separating salvation there's no guardrails against his grace there's no containers holding his compassion and there's no restrictions to experiencing his righteousness he satisfies and alone he satisfies it's the abundant life it's a supernatural life it's a satisfied life and listen when you find him you have found it you found it you can always be looking for something else You can always be looking for the next thing to conquer, to accomplish, to have, to do, to go, to be. You can always be looking for that, and you'll never be satisfied. Let me put it like this. When you're looking for more, which is what everyone is doing, when you're looking for more, and then you find the more, that's Jesus, guess what? You don't have to look for more anymore, (laughs) and that's a pretty good feeling. When you're looking for more and you find more, you don't have to look for more anymore because you have found it in jesus it's the abundant life jesus says i've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundant overflowing that you can have this supernatural satisfied life but it doesn't stop there because very quickly this is also a very significant life you know people walk through life and they wonder what can i do of significance what can I do to make a difference in the world around me? And people search for many different ways. They give to many causes. They participate in many different ways, many different uh, avenues to make a difference in the life of people. To t- just trying to be significant. Just trying to do something that makes a difference. Just trying to do something that matters. And you can make a temporary difference. But I'll tell you, a life of significance is something that is eternal. It's eternal. And look. Jesus told us in this verse, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundant. But he also warns us, he says, you have an enemy. You have a, there's a thief that wants to come and to steal and to kill and to destroy. Listen, friend, don't forget now, there's a thief. He would love nothing better than to come and to steal from you, your family, this church. He'd love to come to kill, kill you, kill everything about your life, even physically kill you. To steal. To steal. And to destroy. He would love to come to destroy you. Destroy this church. Destroy your family. You've got a thief. You've got an enemy that's out there. My job's not to preach on Satan today. But just be aware that Satan is alive and at work. And he doesn't want you to live a life of significance. He doesn't want you to do something that makes a difference in the eternity of other people. He wants to come and steal that. To kill that. To destroy that hope and that passion that God puts into you with an abundant life. I remember reading a few years ago a book. It's several years old now. I read it after it already came out. It was a book by a man named Patrick Morley. How many of you have heard of this guy, Man in the Mirror Ministries? He actually wrote the book Man in the Mirror, and uh, he's a, a well-known. You'll see him on television stuff a lot. I've had him on my radio show a couple of times. But years ago, I had read his book called The Seven Seasons of a Man's Life. I don't know if it's reprinted or not now, but men, if you can find it, it's fantastic. The Seven Seasons of a Man's Life. And in the beginning of the book... He sets up a scenario of a vision or a dream that he sort of had that that really brought things into perspective for him. He says he has this, this vision that he's in a cemetery. And that when he's in the cemetery, he sees tombstones all over. And then he sees a tombstone with his name on it. Now, that's kind of creepy, I know. He sees a tombstone with his name on it, like Ebenezer Scrooge kind of stuff. And it kind of weirds him out. And he says, I noticed something about it. He says, I noticed on the tombstone with my name on it, Patrick Morley, that it also had the year I was born and the year I died. Y'all seen that before? Born in this year, died in this year. In fact, people will travel to all sorts of places to walk through old cemeteries, Civil War sites, and things like that to see tombstones and grave markers that are, you know, hundreds of years old. He says, yeah, there it was, my name, Patrick Morley. The year I was born, the year I died, and he was thinking... Is that all it comes down to? That I was born and that I died and that I had a name? Is that all it comes down to? Is that all that's known? That, he says, that's what I saw there. I don't know if there were naked baby angels floating around the outside of his tombstone or not, but sometimes things like that are on there. But here lies Patrick Morley, this year born, this year died. And he's thinking, that's like, you know, what we're talking about. That's sort of like the bios life, right? That it was born and died. But then he said, I begin to notice another little thing there. That made all the difference. He said, I I noticed between the year I was born and the year I died, you know what was there, right? There was that dash there in between them, separating the year he was born and the year he died. There was this dash in the middle. And he began to see that as significant. And he said, you know what? It's not all about just when I was born and when I died. That's the bios life. He says, now I'm beginning to understand more about this and understanding that it's the dash that really matters. It doesn't matter how long you live. You can live a long time and never really live. You can exist and not live. You can live a short time and make a tremendous significant impact on the world around you and the lives of other people. The year you're born, the year you die, not nearly as important as your dash. What does your dash say about you? What kind of significance What's significant about your dash? What is significant about the life that you've lived in between the time you were born and the time that you died? Take that on and go, I want to live a life of significance. Let me tell you something. Life of significance really is only found in Jesus. That's what will matter. I've got two funerals to be at this week. One of them I'm going to miss because I'm going to be gone. And guess what? When you stand at those funerals and you, you stand to speak about someone or you sit and you listen... What really matters is what they did with their spiritual life. That's what what really matters. No one gets up and talks about how far they could hit a golf ball or, or how many followers they had on Twitter. Nobody talks about their Instagram account. Nobody talks about all that. People talk about what they did, what was significant about their life, the difference they made in their family, the difference they made in their community, the people that they influenced for Jesus Christ. That's really what matters. It's the dash that matters. And it's an abundant life. That's how you make a difference, my friend. You don't work out of the deficit of your life to give other people. You work out of the overflow of your life. What about your overflow? Is God doing something so great in your life that you're overflowing with life, that you have life to share with others around you to make a significant impact in their life? Listen, this is the abundant life that we're talking about. It's a supernatural life. It's a satisfied life. You won't have to look for more anymore when you find Jesus. And it's also a significant life. A life of significance. A life that matters. That when it really all comes right down to it, that your life, your dash, really counted and was significance. A Roman soldier came to Julius Caesar. This is in history. With a request. A a, a strange request, as a matter of fact. He came to him with a request. To his commander, permission to commit suicide. That's not something that you normally ask permission for. (laughs) He comes to Julius Caesar for permission to commit suicide. It was said he was a wretched and dispirited creature with no vitality, no life. Caesar looked at him, and here's what he said. Man, have you ever really been alive? It's a great question. Maybe sometimes you think life's not even worth it and you want to end life. Maybe you know people that think about end life or are tempted to do that. Have you ever really been alive? And I mean a Zoe life, a Zoe life, a supernatural life, a life that is satisfied, a life that is significant. See, because when we walk with Jesus, there comes a new vitality in our life. There comes a super abundance of life. It's only when we live with Christ that life really becomes worth living. It's when you find out there's more to life than just life. And then you find a real sense of purpose, a real sense of meaning, and a real sense of understanding of what really matters. It's John 10.10. It's the more abundant life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundant. Let's pray together this morning. This morning, in just the stillness of this time, I certainly must ask you today if you know of this abundant life. Do you know of this supernatural life, or are you just living in the natural? Or oh, maybe you believe in God, maybe you come to church. But are you living a supernatural life? A life that takes into account each and every decision? That there is the God factor? Jesus didn't come to give you life like the world gives life. Jesus came to give you life that comes from above. It's a life that they would not have known of until he came. ask you today, are you living a supernatural type life? Let me ask you today, are you living a life that is satisfied? Or are you searching the world for satisfaction? You'll never find it there. It's only found in Jesus. I'll stop searching for more and come no more. Know Him. And what about significance? Is your life making a difference? Is it significant? Oh, live out of the overflow of your life, my friend. Let God do something in you and through you. That is something that only He can do. And your life will be significant. It's the more abundant life. Look, I know that there's people that come to this place today, each and every week in this wonderful church, that are hurting. there's many of you here today that you have, you know someone, you have a friend that's or family that's passed on I know it's a very tender time lean into God during this time, find your satisfaction, find your comfort in Him don't try to find it out in some other way lean into Him, press into God today and he will satisfy, he will comfort you he will give you that understanding and that insight, that wisdom that comes from knowing him and walking with him today do you know Jesus as your savior do you know him as your lord today right where you're at you could, you could know him the attitude of your heart is what matters But you could say some words, something like this, if this really reflects where you're at in your life. Oh God, step out of heaven, step into my life. Jesus, be my Savior, be my Lord. I turn from my way of living, my sinful way, and I turn to your way, the abundant life. God, today, save me. Make me yours. died for you so we can live for him a life that's abundant today we're going to open up this altar at this time we're going to invite you to come and do business with God if you need to this morning no doubt in a room this size there's people dealing with all kinds of spiritual issues walking in the natural now's the time to experience the supernatural you can come this morning and just find a spot here to pray you can come and talk to one of the pastors that's here today and allow them to talk with you or another trusted person you know here today. We're going to give you a time of response. We shared the word of God and now our worship is our response to him. It's our time to respond. It's our time to be involved in what God is doing. Lord, bless this time together. We want what you want. Nothing more and nothing less they begin to sing. You come this morning